Hello everyone and welcome back to Your Supernova Moment, a podcast about burnout. This week we are talking about you. You and your relationship with you. How is that relationship? If you're burned out, it's probably not great. And that's what I want to talk about today. Some of the biggest lessons I learned through my burnout recovery were about myself. Sure, I learned a lot of good practical stuff like routine and yoga and meditation and journaling and the importance of rest and all of those good things that you need to know and do to get well again after burnout. But as I always come back to, because this is your supernova moment and this podcast is about those supernova moments that happen in burnout recovery where you get real transformation and change, Burnout can really be a wake-up call that alerts you to some major issues in your life that need addressing in the long term. One of mine was my relationship with myself, because it was not good. It's better now, it's still not amazing, but it's a journey and it's ongoing. I spent most of my life afraid. I spent most of my life listening to and believing the voice in my head that told me again and again that I wasn't enough that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't thin enough or cool enough or successful enough, all of that. I sort of bullied myself into being this kind of performance of a person that I thought I needed to be, all the while ignoring the little voice that was me that was just crying out on the inside. I had to really work on rebuilding that trust with myself after burnouts. It was easier in the early days of recovery, if I'm honest, because my burnout was quite explosive. It was kind of a nervous breakdown, really, and everything else was just kind of ripped away. So all I had was time to be still and quiet and reflective and sort of turn my attention inwards. It's a weird feeling to sort of have to come face to face with yourself. I would explain it sort of like, imagine a person goes really off the rails alcohol or drugs or some other mind-altering experience and they get help and they go through recovery and then they have to kind of come out and face the people that they hurt on their way down. I did have to do some of that with actual people, which went well with some people and not well with others. I definitely lost friends through my burnout and recovery and that's fine. It's the way of things. Relationships can be like that. Friendships come and go. There's two people involved and they both get a say in how that goes. But when it comes to that relationship with yourself, that's not something that you can let go of and say, oh, well, it didn't work out. You know, your relationship with yourself isn't one that can just last for a reason or a season. It's going to last a lifetime. And so that was one of the things that I really had to think about. I really had to make an effort to change. There's a few ways of doing this. I think it really does help to view yourself as a different person in a way. You may have heard something like this already, but it's like this sort of external version of you is not really you. It's an interpretation of you. It's rooted in how other people see you. And they're never going to have the whole picture. So their interpretation is always going to be somewhat incomplete. It's subjective. You know, you might pretend to be comfortable in situations where you aren't. You might say yes to things you don't want to do in order to make other people happy. You might present as confident and self-assured when you're secretly dying inside. So there's that. And then there's this whole untethered soul thing. You are not your thoughts. You are just the one listening to them, right? So if you stop right now, stop whatever you're doing and just sort of say hello in your head. Just say it like, 
Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear it? Some people experience this differently. Some people don't actually have an internal voice that sounds like an actual voice, but I do. So what's it like for you if you think that word, hello, okay? So when you think that word, hello, you hear it or you feel it, you receive it in some way, right? Like a thought. You are the one who hears it, who receives it somehow. And here's the thing about thoughts. We know that they can be influenced. We know that elections can be swung by the right Facebook ads seen by the right people, convincing them that misinformation is truth. We know that marketers can make us want to buy something by putting the thought in our heads that our lives would be better if we had that thing. Same thing with influencers. They can make us buy certain products or lust after a particular lifestyle. We know our thoughts can be influenced. I worked in marketing for like 15 years. I know how it works. And yet I am so easily influenced by a catchy tagline. It is ridiculous. I am a marketer's dream. When you start stripping away all of the influences that are telling you how you need to be, how you need to think, how you need to feel, when you start recognizing the pressures you put on yourself, when you start noticing that there are these voices in your head making assumptions about what other people think of you, making you feel bad about the way that you look or sound or act, making you question yourself and your decisions over and over. When you start to recognize that asshole, that inner critic, as a sort of character in its own right, you can start to separate a little bit and start finding more of your feeling self underneath. This sort of inner you that exists on the inside, under all the thoughts, under other people's expectations and interpretations of what you are. And now it's not like you can just flip a switch and suddenly stop listening to every negative thought that pops into your head. But recognising them and noticing they're there is a really good place to start. In fact, paying attention to the thoughts can help you start connecting with feeling. If you feel bad, pay attention to what made you feel bad. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a thought. That thought might be a fear or a what if, a replay of something you did that was stupid or something somebody said to you, whatever it is. And once we start to recognize those thoughts and make the connection between those thoughts and those feelings, that's when we can start to step back from it a bit. It's worth me interjecting here to reiterate that same old thing that I always say. It is literally impossible to do this stuff when you are right in the boiling pot of burnout. If your head is spinning, you can't just suddenly start ignoring thoughts and feelings. You have to get the space first to start learning and start practicing all of this. And you do that by stopping, by breathing and resting and stepping back. If you're stuck in the boiling pot of burnout right now, get yourself over to my burnout SOS episode. It's episode three. And if you need one-to-one help to get yourself out of the pot, head to maggiesupernova.com and book in for a free 30-minute consultation call with me. We can talk about your situation and help you get that headspace that you need. Okay, so back to it. As I said, one of the things I really had to get to grips with post-burnout was myself. I'd massively lost touch with myself, my real self. Honestly, I think since I was a kid. All the bad habits that pushed me on that path towards burnout probably kicked in when I was a teenager, all built on the foundations of extreme anxiety and fear that plagued my childhood. And it was really just a downward spiral from there to where I ended up. The me on the inside, whatever you call that, this 
inner child, this inner me, the soul of who I am, away from all of these external layers of performance and expectation, she was very broken. And she did not like me very much. It's like I'd become my own bully, you know? I'd beaten myself down on the inside. And when you start paying attention to those thoughts and the feelings that happen as a result of those thoughts, I think you'll be surprised how much you do that too. If you pay attention to the things that you say to yourself in the privacy of your own head and then imagine yourself just outright saying that stuff to another person, well, you probably lose all of your friends. <laughs> if you went around saying, oh God, you're so boring, you're so fat, you're so ugly, you're so stupid, you don't belong here, you can't do this job, you're not enough, everyone would think you're an asshole. And if someone in real life just came up and started standing over you and yelling that kind of thing in your face, you just wouldn't stand for it, right? So why the hell do we do it to ourselves? I'm a firm believer that a lot of us burn out because we have forgotten how to care about ourselves. Self-care is not just bubble baths and scented candles, it's actual time and effort spent caring for yourself, your well-being, your health, your happiness. And we're not caring about ourselves because we don't really have a relationship with ourselves. If you see a stranger walking down the street, you're not going to go out of your way to make sure they are happy and healthy and having a great time. You don't know them and you've got shit to do. Even if they look a bit troubled or if they're like outright crying, you probably wouldn't even notice unless they're right there in your face. But if you saw someone you know, someone you have a relationship with, whether it's a friend, a partner, a parent, a sibling, if you see them, you're just going to naturally pay attention to their well-being. If they look troubled, you're going to go out of your way to find out what's wrong with them and help them with it because you're invested in them. You have a relationship with them and you care about them. When you've lost that relationship with yourself, you are the stranger in the street. You need to build that relationship back up and turn yourself into the friend. This is how we naturally sort of start to give a shit about our well-being again, to notice when negative thoughts are bringing us down or when stress is getting too much or when we're being taken advantage of and do something about it. This is a huge topic, and I'm not going to cover all of it today, but there are lots of parts to it. Practicing self-care is one, learning how to show yourself compassion, radical self-compassion and kindness, actually taking care of your basic human needs, showing that little version of you on the inside that you know you've neglected them, you know you've been a dick, and showing them evidence that you're changing your ways. That's all part of it. Another big part of it is knowing yourself, learning about yourself and practicing accepting all of the things that you learn. I ask a lot of my coaching clients this big question, who are you? Who are you? Away from what you do, away from the labels and the roles that you play. It's a massive question and it always prompts an interesting discussion. The thing is, you don't need a concise answer. You just need to open yourself up to the question. Building a relationship with yourself is like dating yourself. Stay with me. It will make sense. I promise. So you know when you meet someone new and all you know is the surface level stuff. Think of it like this. You're on the self-development dating app. You've matched with yourself. You can see the profile. You know a few things. What you look like maybe kind of where you live, what your job is, whether you have pets, kids, a family, maybe you know your favorite color, your favorite movie, that sort of thing. The stuff that we put on the profile. 
When you meet someone new, you're not going to dive straight into those deep and meaningful conversations. You're going to take time to get to know someone, to learn more about them. This is how relationships start. It starts with that connection, but it takes time to get under the surface. So you want to think about this process like dating yourself. Start getting to know yourself, building that relationship, building trust. Start learning what you like. It's really simple things like what kind of food you like, what makes you feel calm and relaxed, what makes you laugh, what your perfect day is, you know, that sort of first date conversation stuff. In time, you'll learn more about yourself and you'll become more invested in yourself as that relationship progresses. And like any relationship, you don't want to force things too quickly. You want to take your time getting to know yourself, learning more about yourself and embracing everything that you do learn along the way. There's a few ways to do it. I'd recommend trying your hand at all of these. The first is correspondence. This is super simple. It's basically about journaling. Think of your journaling practice as a way of corresponding with yourself. Text messages, chats, love letters, whatever you want it to be. You can use prompts and learn about yourself by answering questions and exploring your responses. A great way to get deeper into your journaling is to follow up whenever you answer a question. You answer it and then you ask yourself, why? Get a little deeper, learn a little more and take your time. Let it be snail mail, let it be slow. The next way is conversation. I don't necessarily mean talking to yourself, although you can if you like. You can also talk to someone else about yourself. So coaching, therapy, all of that counts. It's amazing what you can learn about yourself in these sessions when you pay attention. But even if you don't have a coach to talk to, this is more about internal conversation. It's about thinking, reflecting, considering the way that you feel and noticing when you hear that inner critic voice chiming in. The critic is not invited on these dates. They are a massive third wheel. Maybe you like listening to podcasts or audiobooks or reading actual books. Take time to consider your personal response and feelings to these things. How does this thing make me feel? What do I really think about this? How does this relate to me and my experience instead of just listening, taking it as read and letting go? And finally, the last one is taking yourself on dates. This is about making time for yourself. So many times I talk to people in coaching sessions and I ask them what they do for fun and they're like, um, no idea. It's fine. It's okay if you don't know. You just got to try stuff. And be present and aware that that's what you're doing. You can walk the dog every day and not realize you're doing it. And if you like going out for that walk, be present and recognize that's what you're doing. Notice how you feel when you do it. What's your favorite part of the walk? How do you feel afterwards? Being present for these things actually changes the experience. So maybe taking yourself on a date is taking yourself to a yin yoga class. Maybe it's a coffee shop date with a good book. Maybe it's a new creative hobby or learning something new. Group dates are good too. You can hang out with friends and still learn about yourself. But it's important to ask yourself what you want to do. And then go and do that thing. Try different things and see if you like them. Yesterday, I took myself on a date to a rock climbing center because I used to climb before my burnout and I loved it. And it was great. I made that time for myself. I came back to something that used to make me feel energized and I found that energy again. 
So correspondence, conversation, and taking yourself on dates. That is how we start building that relationship up again. The more the dates and the correspondence progresses, you'll likely get to deeper, more meaningful conversations, some of which might be quite difficult. But this is all part of the process of getting to know and embrace and ultimately love the whole of you. This is how we start shifting that balance and start giving a shit. This is how we get to a place where it feels natural to put ourselves and our needs first. How we develop better self-esteem and self-acceptance. We recognize when things are harming us and we take action to stop those things. We know our worth. We know we are worth the time and effort. We prioritize ourselves and our needs over the things that our inner critic likes to tell us that we should care about instead, such as people-pleasing, fitting into a mold, being perfect, meeting everyone's expectations, putting others' needs before our own to the detriment of ourselves. So this is my challenge to you for the next couple of weeks. Try dating yourself. Make time for it. Even if you only manage an hour for yourself, that is an hour that you might have given away otherwise. It doesn't have to be every day, it just has to happen. And one of the ways that you can complete this challenge is by joining me on Saturday the 25th of February for another self-care Saturday workshop. This time we're focusing on this exact topic of dating yourself with guided journaling exercises all about learning about yourself and building this relationship with yourself. If you came to my last workshop at the start of January, which was all about intention setting for the new year, it'll be very similar in structure to that. We'll do some simple exercises, a little bit of movement, a bit of meditation to sort of settle in and get relaxed. And then we'll work through some guided journal prompts and just see what comes up. You don't have to share anything you write. It's all just for you. But it's a lovely supportive environment to be in while you write. If you feel a bit scared of journaling, or if you just struggle to make yourself sit down and do it, these sessions can be super helpful. You can write half a page or fill half a notebook. There's no right or wrong. And if you can't make it to that workshop, just like I did last time, I'll pop the prompts into my Stressed Out to Supernova Facebook group for you to catch up on if you like. But if you can make it, please do try and attend live. It makes such a difference to have that community spirit on screen. So that's it for me this week. Wherever you are on your burnout recovery journey, making time for you is always going to be a good thing. Building that relationship with yourself takes time. It's about trust in a way because you've kind of got to give this bruised inner self evidence that you're here and that you're going to take care of them and you're going to help them and you're not going to leave them again, not if you can help it. If you feel like you've lost touch with who you are as a result of stress and burnout and you don't even know where to start with that reconnection, come and chat with me. I do free 30-minute consultation calls every week whenever I have availability. So let's just get on top of those basics and help you get to a place where you can indulge in dating yourself and begin repairing that relationship with you. I'll be back soon for another episode of Your Supernova Moment, a podcast about burnout. Bye for now.